Welcome back, everyone. On today's show, I'm going to be speaking about spot reduction for fat loss. Is it possible? What does the science say? And what can we do to help with fat loss? So let's get started with the show. So today's subject is one I get a lot of questions on and it's popped up a good bit over the last number of weeks, particularly for the new year kind of buzz. So is it possible to target fat loss to specific body parts? So everyone kind of has that one problem area that they, they look to change, whether it's the waistline, the thighs, the butt, the arms. They're probably the most common areas. A lot of people tend to carry excess body fat and the whole process and thought around if I do a lot of ab exercises is going to reduce around my waist or leg exercises around my thighs or arm exercises to get rid of those bingo wings. But we're going to look at the science around it, what some studies have said and try shed a little bit of light on targeting different body parts for fat loss. So first of all, let's define what spot reduction actually is it touched on it there a couple of seconds ago so spot reduction in theory is a type of targeted exercise that tended to burn fat in a specific area of the body so like i said there say excess fat on the back of the arms common bingo wings would be the result of a person going and attempting to do a lot of tricep exercises in order to try and spot reduce fat in that particular area so the theory, again, it, it does make sense when you think about it. The theory targeting specific body parts, it, it's a pretty popular one out there. It's a bit of a myth that gets carried on and carried on and carried on. So it leads a lot of people to focus only on one particular area and neglect other parts of their, their body from exercising as well, which is a negative impact around that, that particular thought process. But if you're looking, obviously, to burn fat using this method, in theory, it's particularly appealing for those um, people looking for a quick fix. But again, losing weight in the past might have failed for them if they've gone down the conventional route of, say, full body workouts and working on their diet and it just wasn't coming off that specific area. Maybe they didn't give it enough time. So they've gone and resulted and looked towards spot reduction. That's probably the most common thing when I ask clients about you know why they've been you know, what their training history is and what they've done over the past, this is why they've turned to this method in the attempt to target a specific area that they want to, to lose weight in. So over to look at some of the reasons why people want to, or may want to reduce fat, you know, in certain areas of their body. Some people tend to carry excess weight predominantly or disproportionately, I should say in certain areas to hold on to weight say in their butt their thighs their belly their arms being the probably the big four kind of areas but you know gender age genetics even lifestyle all play a role when it comes to weight gain and accumulation particularly in those areas so just to give you an example like for instance women tend to have a higher percentage of body fat than men and they tend to store excess fat in thighs and butt, especially during 
um, childbearing years. So this is something to take into account, particularly from the female population. But on the other hand, men are likely to put on pounds um, later on in life then as well. Um, it's, again, there's a, there's a proportionate balance there if you're looking at um, both genders as well. Again, I know it can be very, very frustrating, cause many people to to look for easier alternatives than just strictly focusing on their diet and increasing activity levels and just giving it time to actually work. Um, like I know and I've seen it and I continue to see it online and on social media, like spot reduction, it's just promoted as this quick fix to reduce fat in problem areas. And you have these juice cleanses and teas and stuff like that, or specific exercises or equipment that promise you the sun, the moon, and the stars. But it's it's simply not the the true. And I can see why it can be appealing. And for a lot of people, you might you know the marketing around certain things as well doesn't doesn't um, doesn't help. So if you're looking at fat loss, it just doesn't work that way. And the science says there's there's little evidence to really back that claim made by by these people or these companies marketing certain products. Just to expand on that a little bit more then, just to give a brief understanding of how fat loss actually works, and it might paint a better picture for a lot of people out there when they've probably used this method. To understand why spot reduction may not be effective, you know, we need to understand how the body actually burns fat in the first place. So fat in our cells is found in the form of triglycerides, which are stored fats that the body can use for energy. So before they can be burned for energy, triglycerides must be broken down into smaller sections called free fatty acids. And those are those then become available to enter the bloodstream. So when we're exercising, we're working out, we're training, the free, the free fatty acids and glycerol, which are um, used as fuel, can, you know, they can come from anywhere in the body. So it's not specifically from the area that we're actually targeting. And if we look at the some of the studies that have been put together on spot reduction. Um, there's one in particular that I, I pulled up just for research on the topic. There was one study that had 24 people who only completed exercise targeting the abdomen. So for six weeks, they found that there was no reduction in belly, belly fat in the abdominal area after six weeks of specifically targeting just the abs. Another study then that I found followed 40 overweight and obese women for a 12-week period and found that resistance training just of the abdominal area had no effect on belly fat loss compared to um, dietary intervention alone. And finally then, the last one that I looked at Another study which was focused on the effectiveness of upper body resistance training had similar results. So they had, it was a 12-week study, there was 104 participants, so there was a larger group 
who completed a training program that exercise only their non-dominant arms. So they found that although some fat loss did occur, it was generalized over the entire body and not just the single arm that they'd been exercising. So when we look at, again, that's just, just three particular studies that I found were addressing, you know, specifically targeting and looking to see if spot reduction could be could be completed over over a certain period and specifically targeting a certain area. So again, maybe there's a little bit more research to be done. There's some of the papers that I've I've come across. There's one or two there that to give balance on the argument. Then that's there was another study that found um it was 16 women and they were doing resistance training followed by cardio. It was cycling for 30 minutes, resulted in increased fat loss in, in specific areas of the body. So you're going to have studies that are, are conflicting from one end to the other, but it didn't say that it was, it was localized um, in terms of the resistance training it wasn't specific to leg exercises and then doing cycling it was a full body one so it's very very difficult to see if that was targeted and targeted for spot um spot reduction itself so one area that doesn't get a lot of focus is toning and if we were to speak about how to reduce say fat and to tone certain areas it might be a little bit more agreeable for some people and the concept and to grasp that and maybe have a little bit more patience when it comes to completing the workouts and combining then that with some dietary needs so like obviously spot reduction is not going to be the best use of your time but there's there's a lot of evidence based methods that can help you lose fat and tone up the entire body all right so let's give you a couple examples We'll be looking at say high intensity workouts, some hit workouts, exercises that are going to engage, you know, the entire body. These have been shown that they're pretty pretty effective in burning calories, and if that's the the ultimate goal, this is probably a little bit more. Well, this is going to be a lot more effective in targeting and reducing calories than just spot reducing and doing a lot of sit ups and crunches to try and, and target specific areas so i'm going to break down maybe four different examples for you here and give you you know my opinion on some of the best methods to try and burn some calories and tone the whole body in particular so obviously the first one on the list is cardiovascular exercises you know like of you know walking brisk walking running cycling these are going to use large muscle groups and again it's proven it's tested over time that they're going to burn a lot of calories over a particular period of time so this could be one method we can use I mentioned it earlier would be hit we're talking about short sharp periods of intense activity immediately followed by recovery like tabata is 20 seconds on 10 seconds off eight rounds plenty of studies out there to show that hit may be more effective at burning fat than steady state cardio you've 
the third one then I would recommend would be whole body exercises. So like I said earlier, instead of focusing on one area of the body, whole body exercises. Again, I'm going to mention the B word here and burpees. They've been shown to burn more calories and lead to more fat loss than targeted toning exercises. And the final one then would be combining. So certain exercises I like particularly in classes and working with clients, some hybrid type exercises. So if you were to combine resistance training and cardiovascular um, exercises, been shown to be more effective at, at burning more calories, leading to more fat loss than focusing on just one particular type of exercise itself. So if we go back to the likes of HIIT, for example, whole body movements, there's the cardiovascular element, and it's very, very effective for losing weight and toning up. All right, so HIIT would be my, my recommendation. It's not for everyone, it's not for beginners. It might be a way of just leading into that type of exercise, but there's other um, examples out there depending on what where your fitness journey is starting. So if you're only at the first step of the ladder, you might look to participate in certain low impact exercises like swimming and walking. These can be hugely effective, particularly if you're starting out on your own fitness journey. And we can't look at reducing fat or fat loss without addressing people's dietary needs. Like diet is going to be key and creating a calorie deficit. Like if we were to just, you know, look at increasing overall activity and adding new exercises to our workouts, for example, it's important, you know, for fat loss and our overall health that we accompany that with healthy eating and healthy eating plan or a nutrition plan or a meal plan, whatever it might be, wherever you're working with. Like the evidence is out there and the studies, you know, have shown that exercise alone is not effective for weight loss unless you're going to make a conscious effort to control calorie intake and just to make some healthy food choices along the way then as well. So a couple of little recommendations for myself, regards this, you know, if you're going to lose the weight and more importantly, keep it off, you're going to have to combine a couple of different things. All right. So some of these tips might work for you and it might just trigger the next step for yourself and how you can go about your fitness journey and your fat loss journey and losing weight overall. So Number one would be to control portions. And that's probably the first area I look at with most clients and getting them to submit a food diary and look at what they're actually eating. And we've tried to create a little structure around their portions. So if you can keep those in check, it's key. I know it's difficult if you're preparing meals for the family. Obviously, the kids are going to get, you know, a smaller portion than, say, the adults. So you might look at just reducing your own intake from what you'd usually have to somewhere in between. Uh, maybe it's just a one, you know, one scoop less, one scoop less, one scoop less. Work it over a period of time that you're actually reducing your intake. Another tri tip for that would be to use smaller plates. Um, even measuring certain foods for a period of time, although I don't recommend that over a long period. But just to get an eye for the quantity you should be consuming. All right. The second thing would be, be a fiber into your diet. 
It's another one on the list. You know, foods are high in fiber. You look such foods as um, your veggies, beans, fruits, oats. They're going to make you feel fuller and possibly reduce overeating. All right, so that would be number two. Uh, third thing then would be, you know, it's a common sense one here, but to limit certain processed foods and added sugar if possible. You know, if you're cutting, cutting back on the junk food or the chippers or, or whatever um, intake, you know, cakes, fast food, whatever's being passed around the office then as well kind of situation or little things like switching your intake of certain drinks of your full sugar ones that you're maybe going from a coke to a diet coke or even better to a coke zero those are all perfectly reasonable expectations when you're trying to reduce certain intake and the last thing then would be obviously it's always a big thing a big recommendation and i know a lot of women in particular struggle with it when we break down and look at their food diaries is to eat enough protein and it's one of those key areas particularly around fat loss and preserving muscle mass, which we need. But protein also keeps you full, gives you that, gives you that really full feeling, and it might help to reduce overeating, all right, depending on everybody's very, very different. I know for myself, if I eat a high-protein meal, I do feel particularly full for a few hours after. And there's plenty of evidence there as well to show studies that eating, you know, protein-rich um meals spread out across the day is going to reduce snacking and help you to to lose weight overall so in summary here if you're following a healthy meal plan that includes lots of fiber some healthy fats and protein it's going to really really help and increase your chances of losing weight and particularly fat and like i mentioned at the start there it's very very important that we create an overall calorie deficit, you know, between our exercise, the resistance training with cardio and our meal plan to create that, that calorie deficit. It's going to be very, very important. One focus as well, I know that, you know, certain foods get demonized as well, but overeating can definitely um, occur with good foods as well. So this is why the portion control is very, very important to having that healthy awareness of between hunger and fullness and how you and how certain foods are going to respond to your body so i'd recommend that people just keep track of that at the end of the day and how they felt after certain meals because it is going to take a little bit of fine tuning to get there and to discover what meals work best for you as well one key thing that I should mention then as well is around genetics and your genetics might influence how your body loses fat, but it's going to be a little bit of an acceptance and respecting your genetics might help you to you know mitigate the frustration you may feel when your body doesn't respond like you think it's really should. Okay, so it might play a certain role for certain people. You know, keep in mind that, you know, healthy bodies, fit bodies come in all shapes and sizes and your genetics may determine, again, to an extent, your body shape, but they don't determine your level of fitness, your strength or your overall, your overall wellness. 
Um, so that's very, very important to mention and to, you know, keep aware of. But I'd like people as well to look at possibly, you know, having that little mindset shift. So untangling yourself like we've we've debunked it there today and presented some of the evidence and back things up with, with science and papers you know untangle yourself with the ear that you can spot reduce fat and to just let go of that myth or if anyone says it to you before or says it to you after um or had said it to you before that you're not taking this information on board you're not listening to that advice you are going to consistently see it. It is going to stay out there. It's it's nearly impossible to to get across to everyone, but you know it is going to appear in certain magazines or online or in articles or in blogs or whatever. It's just it's going to be there, and certain products and certain exercise equipment, or even some gyms or even some professionals might. Try and use it as an upsell or a key selling factor in order to get you to, to buy your, your your products. So once you're aware of it, you'll start to notice it everywhere. Um, it's like, you know, don't think about a blue car. You see blue cars everywhere, that kind of approach. But now you have that awareness of it, you'd be too smart to hopefully buy into these false promises. All right. So really hope you enjoyed today's chat, guys, on spot reduction and how it's not possible why you can't target fat loss to specific body parts all right i hope you enjoyed today's show i'll be back again next week with a new topic and i will speak to you all then